Hello, and welcome to Friends for Life, a podcast of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod's National Mission. We're here to come alongside you as we journey through life under the cross. What does it look like to care for our neighbors in body and soul? How do we tend to our own body and soul? How can we speak up for life? And finally, how do we share the faith with the next generation? Join us as we have these conversations and learn together. We hope you'll stick around and be our friends for life. Thanks for joining us on Friends for Life. I'm your host, Tiffany Manor, in the studio with Stephanie Neutjebauer, who, of course, is also a Friends for Life host and a voice that all of you will recognize as you listen in today. Today, we're talking about the family. Actually, this whole third season of Friends for Life, we're talking about the family. So, Steph, I'm so glad that we're able to talk about the family. Why don't you share a little bit about your family? I'll talk a little about my family because that's not something we usually do on Friends for Life, get into our personal lives. You're right. Yeah, thank you. I love talking about my family. I've been married for 10 years now to my husband, who is a pastor, and we have three kids. Uh, They're seven, five, and a year and a half as of the time of this recording. I grew up in northern Michigan with my mom and my dad, and then also my older sister, who's five years older than me. And although we didn't have the the blessing of living in the same city or town as grandparents, we got to see them pretty often. They were, I, I say, only two and a half, three hours away, which might sound like a lot to some, but I feel like nowadays in 2024, 20, it's, it's pretty close, relatively close. It wasn't a plane ride. And so we got to be with not only our grandparents often, but with her cousins often. And I'm blessed to say that I came from a home that was very nurturing, very supportive. And so that has taught me, hopefully, (laughs) how to be that way in my own family. So that's about me. Honestly, Tiffany, I know about your husband and your kids, but not as much about your growing up. Yeah. So for our listeners, Stephanie and I both share that that we're married to pastors. uh, And, you know, there's a whole bunch of kids. Uh, my kids are all grown up. So they're in and out of our house, you know, visiting, maybe living for a time and then moving out as uh, they buy a first home and, and, and things like that. We, we're in that stage of our family life. So there's that aspect of my immediate family now. But, you know, like you, Steph, I, you know, I, I grew up in a, a family where there was extended family. And mine was closer. You know, just everyone lived in our hometown. Uh, my grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, Oh, oh well, I, I guess I should correct that. Everyone on my mom's side. So I think I may have mentioned in an episode or two, you know, perhaps early on in Friends for Life, that I didn't grow up in the church. In fact, I was raised by a single mom um, who was married and divorced multiple times. And most of the time in my childhood, my dad lived about a thousand miles away. And, you know, this was in the 1970s. Phone calls were really expensive. Um, so seeing and talking with my dad was... Uh, certainly infrequent. So the family I grew up in is, is very different than the family I, I live in now because our family life is, is centered in Christ. And not just because I'm married to a pastor. <laughs> My husband's a second career pastor and uh, we were married in, in the church and our, our children started coming along and God gave them to us. We were so focused on living as in the, the broader family of God in our congregation in the body of Christ that, that you know, we really were not determined to be different than how I grew up not being in the church. So that's a little bit about, you know, where I come from and, and how we've raised our family. Steph, is there anything more you want to share about your family or perhaps you could lead us into what we can expect to hear about the family in this season of Friends for Life? 
Yeah, thank you. Well, this could be like a whole different topic we haven't touched on, but our family of origin and how it, it influences us. And then the way that we relate, if, if we're married, the way that we parent, like you said, you were bound and determined to be different than your upbringing and give a different experience to your kids. I just find that whole topic fascinating. I'm sure there's <laughs> books and podcasts devoted to that too. But this season, we're devoted to talking about the family and really getting into specifics. So the different vocations that we see within the family, like child, like parent, specifically father and mother, grandparent, and then how the family is a reflection of the greater family of faith, the reality that, that we're brothers and we're sisters in Christ. And so this season, we were really hoping to uplift God's good design for the family. We want to celebrate his gifts within the context of the family that he's created. And we want to encourage those also who might feel pushed aside to the margins when we when we talk about a topic like this. The Lord is gracious. And so whether we find ourselves in the context of a, of a typical nuclear family or not, for whatever reason that might be, as Psalm 68 says, Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation, and God settles the solitary in a home. And so we start out this season by talking about what it means to be a family. How does this reflect the bigger picture of the family of God? We talk about the family as one of the three estates that Luther talked about. Then we go into fatherhood and the importance that fathers are to a family. We talk about motherhood and the importance of their role within the family. We also talk about what happens if one of those is absent and kind of the consequences of that too, or how that could play out. And then the blessings of things working the way that God designed. We also dedicate some time to talking about singleness and how single people fit into maybe their nuclear families, but also fit into the bigger picture that is the family of God. And then we get to talk about how older generations fit into this this whole design for passing along the faith to the next generation and how even as we age in years, there's an integral role that they play in the life of the church, in the life of their own family too. So I'm really excited about this season because I think it's of, I'm probably going to say this about every season we do, but it's of the utmost importance <laughs> just because of like looking around, look at our culture and what's going on. This is a really timely season to spend time talking about and highlighting. Yeah, and absolutely every single one of our listeners is a part of a family. I'm so glad that there's an episode on singleness and how single people fit in the family of God, because that is something that we hear about often. They'll say, oh, you know, when we're talking about family in the church, that leaves me out. No, it, it certainly doesn't. Everyone listening is a part of a family because they came from a family. I mean, even if you're not connected to your family now, maybe by death or some other separation, God created you through a family and he brings you through your baptism into his family. There's that language of adoption about how we're brought in other language too, but being, you know, grafted to the vine. But, you know, we're all, we're all made a part of God's family and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We, we have that language all throughout scripture. And I'm also so glad as a, a grandparent myself that there's going to be this, this episode on handing the faith down as grandparents and how we can live that out. Because obviously I didn't really experience much of that with my own grandparents. And so I'm learning as I go along, much as I did um, when I was mothering my own children, so I get to learn from Friends for Life. But let's talk a little bit more about the family today, the family in our, our society, our culture. 
why is talking to the family worth our time and attention, especially now? Yeah, well, I like statistics and research because it's proof that God's design is good. And when, when sin comes in, the effects of sin, when we don't live according to God's design, the statistics bear out also. And so I actually found this recent study by Pew Research that was done in fall of 2023. So it's it's pretty recent as of the time of this recording. And you know what they asked people? And they asked a ton of questions in the study. But, but one of the questions they asked is, what makes for a fulfilling life? Okay, so there were five different categories of answers. Do you have any guesses as to what the top answer was? Mm, no, just lay it on us. Okay. What's the top answer? Yeah, having a job or career that you enjoy. So <gasps> almost 95% said that was extremely important or important. Okay, the next one was having close friends. So it's not until the last two responses <laughs> that the family comes into play. So I guess what that means, and that's just one question and one set of statistics, but this is actually, this is a five-part research publication that that really lays this out. And, and basically the bottom line is that in 2023, as of this study, Americans did not see the family as the key to a fulfilling life or an important factor in their life. And having children and being married was very low on the list for about mm -hmm. 40% of people. And so why is this worth our time and attention? It, it's because the, the very landscape of the American family is seeing major changes. And also in this research study, 40%, 40% of people are pessimistic about the institution of marriage and the family. So if you read the study, they say why they're pessimistic, but 40%. And I would say that if this same study was done 50 years ago, the results would have been very different. So what's happened in the last 50 years, I think there's, there's been a lot at play, but there's fewer people who are getting married there's more people who are waiting to get married. There are couples who are choosing to be intentionally childless. And, and then also this last season that we did, season two, talked about sexuality and the number of same-sex couples and transgender individuals definitely affects this culture around the family. So I don't know, Tiffany, why, why do you think this conversation is important to have? Yeah, you know, Steph, as you just said, our society is very confused about the family. And of course, the church is a light to our world, right? So it's an opportunity we have to speak very loudly, boldly. And we need to be intentional within the church to be talking about the family, teaching about the family, teaching the whole counsel of God. And, and this includes that God creates families. He sees families as good. It's a, um, you know, this is how the faith is traditioned, handed down um, from generation to generation. So there's there's so much that we can be doing to change the flow of things with as, as far as how people understand the family and God's good design. So we've talked about some of these challenges. Are there any particular cultural affronts to the family that we should call out here? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Now, I just I want to be careful because the things that we talk about, especially when we're talking about upholding and uplifting the institution that is family, that is marriage, that is the good gift of children. Of course, that's not to isolate people who don't you know, have that typical experience, as I said before. And so even as I, I name these things and you may be able to identify <laughs> with this experience, <laughs> it's just to recognize that God has a design and that which he instituted, which is the family, is good. And when culture around us is coming in saying, you know what, I don't know that that is good. And not only that, but I don't know that it's important. That's when we especially have to speak up. We have to find our voice. And then we have to find ways to encourage families and in, in their good vocations. I think some of the cultural affronts that we're seeing now, we can name this you know, very specifically as divorce. And you had said that your parents were divorced, your mom, multiple times. And I'm sure you didn't go into great detail, but I'm sure that just greatly <laughs> affected your own childhood and then caused you to reconsider how you wanted your children to experience their upbringing and their parents' marriage as well. Cultural friends, I mentioned it, our season on, on sexuality. We also have people who mentioned this in the study. We also have a rise in people who are accepting of same-sex couples and also adoption to same-sex couples. And so I do believe that those are very real affronts to God's good design for the family. And then when we talk about cohabitation or people who are acting like they're married or they're a family without going through the vows of marriage before God and before a congregation. There's ramifications to that too. So sometimes that includes undesired pregnancies. And more often than not, when you have a pregnancy that happens outside of marriage, uh, before marriage, abortion is a consideration. And so these are all things that are worrisome. These are all things that are the effects of, of sin and disorder within our relationships, specifically within the family. And certainly there's God's grace and his forgiveness. In these situations, he, he promises to walk through all of these with us. But there is a great deal of hurt that can be avoided and even a ripple effect into subsequent generations. When, when we live according to God's design and we say, the family is a good gift from God. Did I miss any? Oh, you know, I think there's some things that we don't have to spend a lot of time on going on um, in our society that are, are also worrisome. And I want to call out one in particular, and that's polygamy, you know, the, the multiple marriage. I mean, we've seen that oh, yeah, with on, on TV, you have some of those reality TV shows. And even, as I understand it, um, not a state having passed laws on this, but there are like local ordinances I, I, where I used to live in Massachusetts, there was a city that, that passed ordinances that legalized polygamy. And so that's a, some of the other things that you brought up, you know, are a slippery slope that lead to even more affronts to the family that might be coming our way. And the reason I bring up polygamy is because sometimes at a really strange argument, these proponents will, will bring up um, the Bible, they'll bring up scripture and they'll say, see, polygamy is in the Bible. So therefore, there's no argument against it. And while it, it is true, we see polygamy in, in the Old Testament and you know, uh, reference in the, in the New Testament, it was never God's good design for the family. Even um, in the patriarchs in the Old Testament, when they took um, multiple wives, it never went well for them. God's good design, God's true plan was one man, one woman, 
that is what he gave us in the Garden of Eden. And whenever there were, were multiple marriages with one husband, multiple wives, there was an incredible amount of, of sin, conflict I mean, it, that lasted for generations. And as we see the genealogy of Jesus, his genealogy goes right through the first, I guess some people would say, you know, the, the primary, the, the marriage that God designed for that family is the genealogy of Christ. That, that could be worthy of a, a whole other episode as well. And, and, yeah. and probably some other podcast has, has done that as well. But let's spend a moment instead and talk about how the church can bolster the family and celebrate God's good design of family. Yeah, I think there's pretty much like endless ways, but I'm just thinking, you know, my husband's a pastor and thinking about our own context and, you know, what our congregation currently does and, and what other congregations could do. And I think prayer is an obvious one. Include prayer for the family, include prayer for marriages in the prayers of the church. I think that's a really easy place to not only offer teaching in a way of you know, God's good gifts, but of course, also praying for faithful families, for strong marriages, for children who honor their parents, for the passing down of the faith, to intentionally include those words, because I think, obviously, people are listening and ears are perked to, you know what, I've never, I've never considered praying for other people's marriages. (laughs) I've never considered the effects of what strong and healthy families would have on, on our witness of the faith and the mercy that the church provides. I think that churches can can model just within individual families that there's joy in self-sacrifice and service. And a family is just like the smallest unit of what it means to die to self and give to other. And that starts with the parents and, and really in dying to self within their marriage and caring for the other person more than themselves. But then also as they have children, to show what that looks like. I mean, we literally are laying down our lives for our children every single day with what we do and how we care for them. And so for the church to be able to point out, this is this is good, and this is what life is, is, is bearing a cross and bearing each other's burdens. And then also, I think it's worth considering as a church, how can we support and how can we help equip parents in raising their children and teaching the faith in their own homes how can we do that? What kind of resources can we provide? How can congregations teach adults or reteach adults or do ongoing catechesis for parents so that they in turn can realize the role that they have within their own home and take that into their homes and pass it on to their kids? We don't devote a, a, a ton of time to this within this season, but it's, it's worth noting that the, the responsibility falls on parents to catechize and to pass on the faith to their children. And the church is there to offer forgiveness of sins and proclamation of the gospel, and of course, to support parents in their role. But but parents, this falls on you, and this all happens within the context of the family, within the four walls of your home, is teaching the faith, is praying together as a family, is forgiving each other's sins, and living life new every day with joy, getting up, serving the other. I'm sure you have some thoughts, Tiffany. What do you think? Yeah, I'm so thankful, you know, that, of course, that there's forgiveness for the times that we fail to do these things as a family, but it really that God gives us with so many things in order to make our family locations happen and, and to share the faith from generation to generation. And sometimes it flows in multiple directions, right? Um, sometimes that sharing the faith flows from the younger to the older generations. 
you know, that happened for me as a, a young mom and my daughter was even tiny, my first child. And she would ask the hard questions, you know, what is heaven like? I remember she was like, like three, she'd heard us talk about heaven or at Sunday school. And I was like, oh, um, I need to, I need to up my game and find the answers to her questions. Um, but that she would keep us focused on, on scripture through her questions. Um, but she would come home from, you know, her Lutheran school and, and Sunday school. And I was you know, learning this scripture right alongside her. So, and there, there's other ways too. the sharing of the faith, you know, passes from the younger to the older, but it, it's, you know, God enabling us, strengthening us, giving us his, his scripture. That's why when we go to church as Lutherans and, and we understand the gift of the sacrament that, that God's given us, and we confess together through the, the liturgy as we, you know, we enter the service of the sacrament, that we're strengthened to live out this life that our Lord has put us in the roles, the vocations that he's given us through. So, so he is with us in the midst of, of all of it, his presence with us and, and strengthening us through his word and sacrament. And that leads us to think about the, the family too and how we're a witness and a light to those around us. So Steph, this is really a good question to close on. What is the family's role in the Great Commission. I guess, you know, even as we, we talk about the Great Commission, you know, what's the Great Commission? What what does God give us all to do? That That's what uh, mission is, right? It's it's the work God gives us to do out in the world. So what is the family's role in that? The family's role in the Great Commission is to do the Great Commission. <laughs> it's to... <laughs> circular answer, yeah. <laughs> it's to baptize children in the faith. It's to make disciples and to support disciples as they grow up and pray for them that they would keep the faith, that they would be faithful, and that they in turn would go and be fishers of men. I think the Great Commission happens best when families are living according to God's design. It's a beautiful thing. The church is full of families. Now, whether you're married or single, the church is full of families and individual families. Families opening their home and hospitality to others, to strangers who might not walk through the doors of a, of a church, but would walk through you know, the threshold of your home to share the faith with people who you welcome into your lives in that way too. So I I also love this passage from Ephesians 3. If I could read it, it's just beautiful because it talks about the gift that is passing on the faith to the next generation as well, just in a little bit more of a subtle way. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And here we go. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And when I see the family being is this tree with roots that go down deep, all right, we all know like what a family tree looks like. Well, I think here, I like to envision that the family as a tree planted by a river or a stream of water, the roots go down, they're strengthened by the nourishment of the water that's nearby. Kind of think of that as like the means of grace, (laughs) the sacraments, baptism, of course, and the Lord's Supper. And the whole point is that's that those people can be rooted and they, they feel like, I, I belong here. And now my job, my job is to know that God loves me. <laughs> and then my job is to pass that knowledge onto others around me. 
So I just, I love the imagery of being rooted and grounded in love. And I think that when, when you see healthy families, don't you think that that's what they are? They're just, they're, they're anchored. Even the, the winds, the storms that, that come, it can't toss the family because, because they're rooted deep in the knowledge that they belong to God. And that, that Christ is coming back and making all things new. There's my answer. Oh, I love how you describe that and, and talk about being you know, rooted and anchored. It's all kinds of imagery um, you know, from the, the Bible. And, and what came to mind for me is, as you're talking about the storms that toss, I mean, sometimes too we'll use a, um, almost naval imagery and, and, and talk about how our, our Lord protects us as, as a ship, right, as, as the ark. And so, you know, we're anchored and, and protected while storms won't fail to come. We are, are held safe in Him. We could talk about this a whole lot longer. But I, I think that it would be good stuff. Is there anything in particular for this season and these episodes that are, are dropping that you want to share about? Is there anything important that people should know before listening to some of the sessions you know, or anything about the topics, the guests that you have on? Yeah, I think it's just important to note that due to the sake of time, we haven't been able to touch on every vocation that's within a family. So we'd, we we haven't talked about aunts or uncles or or, or cousins or your your second you know great aunt or whatever that may be but but we we tried to hit on the vocations that most people could relate to or or see themselves in we haven't touched on every you know possible unique circumstance in a family that people may find themselves in but that this is a starting point so that we can highlight the the work that God's given the family to do and the unique opportunities that we all have within the body of believers to be members of each other because we're the body of, of Christ. It's not an exhaustive look at the family, but it's a place to start. Um, we talk about the biblical perspective that is the family. Now, if you look around, culture is going to tell us the role or the function that they think that the family should play, right, within society. They'll look at the family differently than what Christians do or than what Christians should. And so, for instance, uh, culture may say that the, the role of the parent, um, maybe father or mother, is to raise kids who can be on their own and go out and have a great career and, and make a lot of money. But that's not the perspective of, of Christians. We're rooted and grounded in a different way. And so uh, we see parents as having the primary role of sharing the faith with their children. And yeah, the other stuff is great where you go out and get a, a career or a job. Of course, that serves other people. But the, the primary role and the primary function is very different than what others are going to say. And so I pray that this will be edifying to all of our listeners that this will start conversations within your own families or within your within your church and that we start looking for ways to encourage each other and to uplift and to come alongside families in whatever kind of you know unique makeup that they are um, so that as a body of believers, we're journeying along the way together. Well, Seth, I'm so excited about this season and I'm excited about the guests that you've found and, and reached out to and brought on. Um, and so I think our listeners are, are really going to glean a lot from season three. Thank you so much for all the work that you have done with this, for your, your tireless advocacy for the, the family and looking at the family. And you know, even for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, the work you're doing to create resources for the family. I'm sure we can put links in the, in the show notes, but there's a lot of things that are coming out that are new. Um, and those can be found on the website for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, lcms.org. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It's 
It's always like my favorite when we get to do these episodes together. So it's a joy to work with you and to talk to you, of course. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and don't forget to click the follower subscribe button so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Friends for Life LCMS. And finally, listeners, we want to hear from you. Do you have an idea about a guest you'd like to hear from or a topic you want talked about? Email us at friendsforlife at lcms.org. We want to hear from you about what you want to hear about when it comes to issues of life. Thanks for joining us. Friends for Life is a podcast that discusses the life God has given and the people he has called you to serve right where you are in God's mission.